Growing a successful design business is hard work. There's so much to do and so little time to get it all done, not to mention the actual design work. The good news is that we are here to help. I'm Krista, the WordPress developer and website strategist from KristaRay.co. And I'm Corey, the designer and creative coach from CoreyWoodard.com. In the Get Back to Design podcast, we're going to share strategies and tools to help streamline and grow your design business, ditch the code and anything else you don't love, and well, get back to design. Grab a cup of coffee, open that Illustrator file you've been working on, and let's dive in. All right, Corey, I am really excited about today's topic. We're going to spend some time talking about something that I think is a struggle in a lot of design businesses, whether this designer is brand new or has been doing it for years. And that struggle is getting your clients to provide their content and overall feedback on time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. We got this idea. Let's just be clear. We got this idea because we have seen several people, not just one or two, but it's been several people ask in our Facebook group for advice on how to get feedback or how to get their content in time. And we know that it is a struggle. It's hard sometimes to get your clients to like stick to the schedule that you want your project to have. So yeah, I think this is a great topic for us to discuss. It, it can be like one of the most frustrating parts of design projects too. And I'm, I guess I'm speaking from a similar business standpoint point. It's definitely one of the most frustrating parts of what I do as a developer, like waiting, you know, wanting to get the project done in the timeline you promised and literally not being able to do anything because you don't have what you need. And I actually have a story to share from earlier this year in January. Um, This was before I had good systems in place and everything. I learned a lot from this situation, which we'll get into in this episode. But I had a big development project, custom development, a whole bunch of special features going on. And we had the project scheduled months ahead of time. And the start date came along. And I didn't have any content yet. And what I did back then was ask for content a few days early. Still didn't have it on time. I didn't have any design mock-ups. So me being myself and wanting to be nice and work with people, I was like, okay, just get one mock-up to me a day this week and we'll be all right. Get the client content to me by Friday this week, we'll be all right. Those days rolled around. I had nothing. So I pushed the date out again. Again, I don't want to like be mean. I don't want people to have a bad view about my business. That next due date came along, still nothing. And you think I would learn my lesson? I didn't. I did it one more time. I said, (laughs) I need everything by this Friday. Otherwise, we have to cancel this project. Guess what, you guys? Friday rolled around and I still didn't have everything I need. So I literally pushed back this date four times without getting everything I needed. That was probably the most stressful thing I've ever dealt with in my business. I don't want to do that again. I don't want that to happen to any of you. So today we are going to go over how to make sure that doesn't happen. (laughs) Yep. And I think you talked about something really important is that it is really hard to not feel Like, you don't want to be mean. You don't want to be a witch with a bee. Like, you don't (laughs) want to be that awful person that's like, okay, I'm going to charge you more or I'm going to, like, cancel your project if we can't get our crap together. But sometimes you just have to, like, stand up for yourself. 
And that is something that I know I kept telling you to do. Mm-hmm. And I will admit that it's harder when you are the one in the position. I know we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but it's hard to kind of stick to your guns in your projects. And you might listen to this episode and say, look, you are not in this position. You Mm -hmm. are not dealing with my client who is my like first cousin removed, whatever it is. I don't want to be mean to them or I've known these people for so long. I don't want to be awful and give the wrong impression and make them hate me in our personal lives. But at the end of the day, something that's really important is that you are the business owner and you're causing mm-hmm. yourself more stress when you don't stand up for yourself. So even if you haven't dealt with this before, or even if you think that, you know, we, our tips may not be as good for you as you hope or your expectations are of them, I want to encourage you to listen in anyway because with our experiences with mm-hmm. this, I can promise you that we got some good stuff for you coming today. <laughs> yes, this is gonna, it's none of it's gonna be like super easy or like solve all the problems immediately, but it's gonna make it easier for you when this does happen because it probably will. Oh, yes. If it hasn't happened to you already, no matter where you are in your business, be prepared because it's coming. <laughs> for sure. Okay, let's dive into a few things we can do to get clients to provide content on time. My first kind of overall tip is to make sure your onboarding process is rock solid. So the first part of this is your contract. Be sure that your contract references deadlines specifically. So don't just say, you know, I need your content before the start date. No, when do you need their content? If you can put an exact date in there, do that. And then be just as clear about the consequences. So if they miss that date, what's going to happen? Are there going to be delay fees? Are you going to reschedule the project? Are there going to be additional fees for that rescheduling? What's going to go on? So in my contract, I mentioned the start date right in the first couple lines. And then throughout it, I say your client content. Since I work with designers, I say your client content is due seven days before our start date. And then I say your design content is due on the start date. And I say that several times throughout. And after each one of those, I say if it's late, additional fees will apply. And then I also have a section that outlines those fees exactly. So designers know every mock-up that is late to me is $150 charge per day. They know that if their content, their client's content is late, I'm going to charge hourly to put that content in once I do finally get it. Because that sets me back just like it sets you guys back for your specific projects you're working on. Corey, do you have any examples of um, things like this designers specifically should have in their contracts? Like what they should be asking for when and what kinds of consequences they could do that would work well for them? Yeah, I was going to say to um, something else, but to answer your question, I think obviously the content is what you're asking for. So be really clear, like you are saying, about what kind of content you need from your clients because they may not understand. Remember, some of the stuff that we have in our contract, some of the stuff that we say is jargon that we understand but our clients don't. So don't just say content. Say text Mm -hmm. or this page, this section on the page because I have referred 
referred to certain sections on the pages and clients have been like, I don't know what that means. Honestly, I have even said the word navigation and some of my clients have been like, I don't know what that means. So be really clear about where you need text, what images, you know, ask them if you want images on your about page or if you want images on your contact page, whatever it is, make sure you supply those. And to go along with the images, be clear about how high resolution they should be or should they be low resolution? Like how how do you expect them? And be as clear as possible. And as far as consequences, I think yours are really, really good. I think the 150 per day may be a little bit harder for a designer to get away with, but you can still let them know that if they don't have their client or if they don't have their content to you, by a certain time, then you're going to start delaying the project because obviously you cannot get started. And then there's going to be a fee to pick up for how many, you know, days are late. It may be an hourly fee or it may be like a percentage of the project total, something like that. I think what you just said brings up a really good point in that your fee should be different based on how much it's gonna set you back. So my fees are really, really intense, I know that, but if I don't have a mock-up for the site I have to custom develop, I'm every single day it's late, I'm losing a day. And for me, I, I schedule my projects one after the other. I can't handle it very well when my projects are overlapping. That means I get to work nights and weekends and that's not something I wanna do. So that's why I'm so, so strict and my fees are high for when people are late. Um, I know sometimes designers, just depending on how your process works, you guys sometimes have more space for that kind of thing, Um, whether it's just revisions or maybe certain parts of the project don't take you as long as others, so you can kind of squeeze things in in different places. You might not need crazy fees or consequences. So just kind of think about how much it's going to impact you if something's late and decide the consequences based on that. Yeah, and that brings me to the point that I um, wanted to touch on as well here. And this is a little bit harder to do when you are booking projects that are going to start right away. Because I know in my experience, sometimes I am booking projects that will start months in advance. Where on the other hand, sometimes I'm booking projects that are going to start within a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. And it's a little bit harder to ask for that content and get it turned around that fast. However, you can tell them, okay, well, if they already have a website, then you are going to pull the content off of there. And if they want to change things, then it'll be like an hourly fee to change things out. Or you will let them know how to swap out their content in Mm -hmm. like training videos or something after you're done with the project. So I do, I think that's one thing that I always got caught up in, in this idea of asking for content way ahead of time is that it is hard when you're like, I'm trying to book a project so I can have work to do tomorrow then it is harder, but that's a good way to kind of get around being like, well, I can't start your project for a month because maybe that's how long you need to get your content together. Mm -hmm. That's a really good point. And something else you said brings me to my next point. You were talking about how in your contract, it's important to say exactly what content means. For me, it's a little safer because you guys as designers, you know, like what If I need client content, you know what that means, but your clients aren't going to know that. And that's something I handle in my welcome packet, just so I can make my contract process easier. I just have a template. I don't have to edit it. 
In my welcome packet, I have checklists both for de the designers I work with and the clients. And this is really great because this is a way, again, without affecting your contract and having to tweak that for every project, you can have this separate document you really ha you have to really easily tweak for each client and outline exactly what they're gonna need and also the due dates that you have for the project. So in mine, I have a checklist for designers that lists out some kind of best practices that help me along in like Photoshop or Illustrator files. I list out what page mockups I need and like kind of additional things that people miss like link effects, hover effects, you know, drop down menus, things like that. And then I also have the separate client to-do list which literally is like homepage, homepage text, homepage photos, you know, out outlines every single thing. So if the designer wants to send that to their client, they can, but then I know both parties know exactly what I'm gonna need. So I'm sure that's something that could be helpful in a design business too. Yeah, I think having another welcome packet, I know some um, designers even have like an, a separate intro packet that they send mm -hmm. before they even start talking about the proposal and that kind of thing. Having these details, I will need this much content, this much yeah. text, this much copy or images, like saying that you are going to need all this stuff and saying it in several different places is a really good way to be like, you knew because I had it in my intro <laughs> packet, in my contract, in my welcome packet, I had it, you know, listed everywhere. So you knew that I needed this. So I got to charge you, you know, it's that mm -hmm. simple having it everywhere. And that's one of those things where it may seem obvious. Oh, they'll probably see it in my contract. I don't know about y'all, yeah. but when it comes to terms and conditions, I just scroll to the bottom and hit accept. I'm not reading that. <laughs> Sometimes your clients are doing the same thing yeah. with your contract. So something else that I had actually recommended to you in the past, Krista, is to create like a little um initial box depending yes. on what kind of software you're using to send your contracts but to create a little box where they have to put their initials to acknowledge that you need whatever it is by a certain date that way they extra can't say they yeah. didn't know you needed that <laughs> you're like you initialed next to this sentence did you really not read the sentence exactly yes. <laughs> that was a good tip you gave for sure and i liked what you said about the intro packet that's not something i thought of but welcome packets are generally something for those of you who aren't familiar with it something you send after the project is booked or at least once you send the contract over they can also have this welcome packet an intro packet is kind of before you start the booking process it kind of sends over a general idea so they know what to expect from working with you. So if you can have some paragraphs in there that kind of quickly outline what you'll need before starting the project so they know what to expect going in. You don't want to surprise them after they book and be like, all right, here's all the stuff I need from you. If they can know that before they sign anything, that is perfect. Yep, and that might even help you when it comes to booking the start date for the project. Mm -hmm. Because if they're like, oh, wait, you mean I need to give you all the images? Well, I was going to get brand new photos yeah. taken. Then they can say, okay, well, I would rather book the project to start a month from now. So that gives me plenty of time to make sure I have everything ready for you from day one. That, yes, that is such a good point. I'm like nodding myself out of my chair over here because <laughs> the branded photography is the leading cause of the problems I've had with my projects. 
is people totally not thinking they need to schedule that in advance of getting their website done. And I get it. I actually did the same thing with my website. My <laughs> designer had to wait on my branded photography. But you get your clients get so excited about this process of getting their website. They just want to get it all started at one time. So mm-hmm. maybe even have something specific in your intro packet. Like if you're planning to take branded photography, this is how long you should wait. You know, Or book, book me to start three weeks after you get your photography done or something like that. So I'm glad you brought that up. That was a good one. Yeah, I actually didn't even think about it until now. I can't remember the exact project this was on, but I do remember having a project where she was like, oh, well, I was going to include these images, but I'm not going to have them taken for another three weeks. And we had already gotten started. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, what do you expect me to do during this time? Like, twiddle my thumbs and pay my bills on air? Like, what? Nice. Oh, my gosh. The darn pictures. Yep. Okay. And the next thing you can do, in addition to your intro packet, welcome packet, contract... I use Asana to go back and forth with my clients. Whatever project management system you use, if you can like assign due dates or send reminders through it, do that. So for my Asana projects, I have a, um, a task for client content and I have a task for design materials. I assign that to the designer I'm working with and set the due dates because I know Asana sends reminders um, before it actually hits. Um, in the past, I also had like, extra tasks that were like content due in three days, design material due in three days. But then I was pretty sure it was just annoying getting all of these notifications, (laughs) but having something that will send reminders to your clients without you having to worry about it and do the extra work will really make your life easier. And then there's another way you can be sure they knew that you needed this stuff. Yep. I definitely agree with the Asana idea because I know for a fact I think it usually gives you a reminder email like a couple days even Mm -hmm. before. And then I know it gives you one the day before. So they're at least getting those reminders in their inbox from Asana that, hey, this stuff is due and you got to start getting it together. Yep, definitely. And even in addition to that, if you don't mind having one extra manual step to do, you can even email them a week before the start date. I do this with designers I'm working for for the first time that I'm not sure if they really know the whole process. I will send them an email. I'll be like, hey, just a reminder, this is what I need from you. If you have any questions at all, please let me know. But again, with that, you can just be sure, have that extra confidence that they at least understand what's going on and hopefully will be ready. Yeah, I think a good um, time that you could send that email because you may be thinking, well, sending the email the day before and having the Asana notification the day before is like, that's a double whammy. They already know one way or the other. But I think if you send the email like a week before or even two weeks before the project is getting started, then you're giving them plenty of time to make sure they are getting absolutely everything together for you. And you can save yourself some time by making this a canned response Mm -hmm. and just saving it like in your Google Doc or in your actual email if it allows for canned responses. That way all you have to do is load up the email and send it on and you didn't have to spend like a ton of time figuring out a nice way to say hey get your get your content to me or I am not going to be able to do anything (laughs) (laughs) and you could even use something like boomerang if you want to just make it part of your initial process as you're getting like the contract sent out and stuff like that 
have the, get this email, get grab the canned response, and just get it scheduled using Boomerang or something else in Gmail. I'm sure there are some project management systems out there that will let you do that. I actually think Dubsado lets you do that. Like a week before your start date, you can schedule an email to go out. Mm, yep, I, I want to say so that's too. a feature of workflows. Um, but like like we're trying to say, there's a lot of ways you can just make this easier on yourself and hopefully automate at least a little bit. Yep. But even with all of these things, the contract, welcome packet, intro packet, Asana email, it seems like in our brains, in my brain, that people should not be able to mess this up, right? But they do. (laughs) They still mess it up. (laughs) So something else you can do, give yourself and your clients a safety net. So I, for the client content, ask for that seven days before I actually need it. And that way, if it's late, I can start sending these reminders. I can say, hey, I say I need it seven days before. You know I really don't need it till the start date, but what's going on? How can I help you get this to me? And then have that extra opportunity to say, here's what the contract says about stuff being late. Let me know if you're not going to be able to make it by the start date and we'll have to, you know, rearrange my schedule, figure stuff out. So give them an extra safety net. That's going to make your life easier if they are a day or two late. You don't have to, like, freak out or run late on things, and it will give them a little breathing room if they need it even after you have gone above and beyond trying to get them to give you what what you need yeah and I think that's a great idea to make sure you are having that extra step there so that you are not going to be stuck necessarily at the last minute asking for it and I also love that in your emails you say you know If there's something going on, just let me know how I can help you, Mm -hmm. you know, take care of this, make sure it gets done. That way you can go about dealing with with whatever you have going on. Yeah, because I think you'll find a lot of times if someone's late, it's because they have a question or like they're unsure about something or don't understand something. And just opening up that line of communication is is just good for everybody. And I've even found that sometimes they're like, okay, well, I thought I would have this back from this other person I'm working with by this day and I can't. With certain things, you'll be able to work around it. So if I don't have, you know, a copy for their about page, that's not going to like throw off the project a ton. Of course, it would be super nice. But if something is in the way and they have been trying and they literally can't do it because of someone or something else, then you have time to kind of figure out an alternative solution. So definitely a good thing to do. And like I was saying, no matter how much you do, you'll still have people that have to bend the rules and make it a little more difficult. So we're going to dive in a little bit to what to do when someone is still late. (laughs) And like we talked about at the beginning, this is something I really learned the hard way. And Corey, all along this project, of course, she was the one that got to hear me (laughs) complain and cry and all this stuff. She was like dude, your contract, stick to it. Mm -hmm. And like we were talking about, I just felt bad. I was like, I don't want people to start saying bad things about me and my business. I don't want other people to think I'm mean and all this stuff. I felt awful as a person. I just wanted to work with them. But you have to look at it more as a CEO than like a human. Take yourself out of the equation. Pretend you are just an employee and you're protecting that employee. You have to protect yourself too. So when someone is late, stick to your contract. Don't don't bend one time. I was just saying, you know, if it's not a big deal and they are working with you and getting you content for the thing, other things you need that they can, okay, work with them. But if you're getting nothing or it seems like they just don't understand the concept or aren't trying, stick to your contract. Yep, I could not agree with that more. And I absolutely agree that 
you know, to take yourself, take your emotions out of it. It's not personal, it's business. And like I said at the very beginning of this episode, you are the one that is going to be stressed out. You are the one who's going to have to add more hours to your workday. Like, you are the one that's going to be dealing with this if you let them bend the rules. And so it may seem so hard to do. Every single time when I was telling Krista when this stuff was going on, stick to your contract. Tell them, you know, you're going to charge. Push it back. Do whatever you need to do. She was like, But I don't want, you know, exactly what you were just saying, Krista. I don't want people to think bad about me. I don't want people to badmouth me to other people and that kind of thing. And I'm going to be honest with you. If someone is going to badmouth you, they're going to badmouth you regardless. That's just the kind of person they are. But they're going to take you and the rest of the process a lot more seriously if from the get-go you are sticking to your contract and you are saying, hey, I asked for this. I haven't gotten it. I can't do any work until I have this stuff. So here's what we have to do now. And I know it's really hard to do, but it is really important. And not only that, but they'll know that you're sticking to your side of your responsibilities in the contract as well. So if you are making them, you know, stick on these due dates, then they can expect you to stick to the due dates as well during the rest of the project and, you know, maintain your side of the bargain to deliver whatever it is that you got to deliver to them. And they will be happier in the long run even if they maybe aren't so happy with you right now. (laughs) Definitely. And I mean, the results you get people will always help boost that, give them a little mood boost if it does end up being a little frustrating at the beginning of projects. Yep. But Corey, um, I know you, you are really good at getting content on time, but how has been being able to do that changed your projects? Oh, it definitely has reduced revisions for me for sure because you know exactly how to design the site around certain things. So if you know what kind of content is going to be on the services page, for example, if you're doing that for a client, then you know exactly how you can lay it out. You don't have to make something up and hope they have the content somewhere that will work in whatever layout you're creating. It makes it so much easier in the long run for yourself. And not only that, but there is less risk of your clients going into the website and messing crap (laughs) up after the project is over. Because I can assure you that... If they don't get the content to you that they want on their website, then they are likely going to go in and change that stuff out Mm -hmm. after the project is over with. And if your design is built where it really depends on a certain amount of text being in a location or a certain size picture, then you can bet your booty that they are going to go in there and put the wrong size picture, the wrong amount of text, and then they're going to email you and they're going to say, wow, my site is broken because I messed it up. And you're going to be like, this is your fault. (laughs) Like, this is all your fault. And you can charge them extra because you're like, you should have gotten this stuff to me earlier. But when you get the content on time, yeah, that stuff is... You don't have to deal with it. It's like 
not even a thing. <laughs> yeah, basically, moral of the story is it is so much less stressful. Seriously, the projects where I get my content on time are like a dream. Like, we know how long stuff takes us as long as we have what we need. So for me specifically, there's so much less hurry up and wait since I've started doing this. Like, I don't know if you guys are anything like me, but when my start date hits, I am ready to rock and roll. And if you don't have what you need, you're like excited for that start date and you get there and you're like, oh, and then you're like still trying to hurry the process along, even though you can't do anything. Then you finally get everything. Then you have to rush even more to catch up. And it's just, just having everything on time makes it so much better, more peaceful, enjoyable for everybody. In a perfect world, all of our design projects would go smoothly. But let's be honest, most of the time, we're not in a perfect world. Sometimes you find yourself waiting to hear back from potential clients, pulling your hair out, trying to get content and feedback from your current clients, or have no idea how to get your client to just pay their final invoice already. It's hard to have just one project that goes smoothly from the second they inquire with you all the way to when you're officially checking that project off of your list. The good news is that you don't have to always drive yourself crazy figuring out how to respond when things don't go smoothly. With my email scripts for designers, you'll know exactly what to do and say in any situation to help you stick to your contract keep that project moving smoothly, and end things on good terms. My email scripts include everything from taking on or turning down a project, how to respond when you aren't getting your stuff on time, and to even what to do if your client is trying to skip out on paying that final invoice. To get your email scripts and check out my other products for designers, head to getbacktodesign.co slash shop and be sure to enter the code podcast for 15% off your entire purchase. Okay, so now that we have talked about how to get content, I think we should dive in on how to get feedback in time. And this is very similar to mm -hmm. how to get the content in time. So we are going to kind of breeze through these points that we have for you. But we did want to talk about this as well because we know that sometimes clients are like dragging their feet just to tell you they love something. So yep. been there, done that. Here's <laughs> how we can change that. First up, just like with your content or their content, in the contract and welcome packet, this is where you can start making sure that they know what their responsibilities are. So this is where you tell them, I need you to be available for this length of time, specifically around these dates when I'm going to be sending stuff to you if you're awesome and you know what dates you're going to be sending stuff to them. <laughs> And then you can make sure that they are available and ready to give you that feedback right away. So you don't have to send stuff off and then sit there and hope and refresh your inbox or Asana and wait for them to get the feedback to you. So um, just remember that just like sometimes clients don't know what content to give you, Sometimes they don't realize how present they have to be in the project. I think I actually have had a couple of clients where it's like, oh, I didn't realize you would need me. I thought you yeah. just did everything. So 
in your contract and welcome packet, it is good to let them know, you know, you are responsible for providing feedback in a timely manner. That means within a certain amount of days and you need to be available around these dates specifically to give me feedback. And something to go on that too is ask them to let you know if they have any planned vacations. Mm -hmm. Because I've had several projects where the client has either been on vacation when it started or they go on vacation (laughs) while we're working together. And it's like, You didn't tell me you were going to be like in the middle of nowhere with no internet and now we're behind and it's because I didn't know. Mm -hmm. So this is a really good time to make sure that, you know, you're saying all of this stuff and like we said before, say it in multiple places so they can't come back and tell you they didn't know any better. Yep. And something I want to add is when you're doing this, say a specific timeline. In my contract, I say I need responses within 24 hours. Really, I would be okay waiting two business days if I absolutely had to, but I want them to have these expectations set so I don't have to worry about like freaking out and cutting it really close. So give yourself and your clients a little extra wiggle room. If you need feedback in, say, three business days, say you need it in two or something like that, and be really, really specific. Yep, exactly. And not only be specific about when you need the feedback, but also be clear about what the consequences are. What happens if they take more than a week to get back to you with feedback on something? Like, is that going to really seriously mess up the rest of your schedule? And if so, are you going to make them pay more for that? Are you going to have to reschedule the project for that? You know, be clear about these things up front. And like we said, everywhere possible so they can not be surprised by it once the project starts. Mm -hmm. Um, Another place that you can make sure you're getting feedback on time, similar to the content like Krista was talking about, is Asana. So assign tasks to your client. I do this in my client projects. I'll have, you know, upload logos and then the very next task will be give me feedback on logos and you assign that to your client and set a due date that way just like we were talking about before they're getting an email reminder so even if they forget about it they have that extra reminder that hey feedback is due on this thing well let me go on ahead and log in real quick and look at it and give some feedback last thing to think about is what you are going to do if they're late giving you the feedback. So like I was mentioning before, are you going to charge them more? Like, are you going to just check in with them first and see what's going on? Ask if they have, you know, something that they aren't really sure about or remind them even that you can give them revisions because sometimes explaining your process and saying it's okay if you don't like you know, what this looks like because we can tweak it a little bit, that will make them open up a little bit and be Mm -hmm. more likely to say, okay, well, now that you mentioned that, mm, I hate everything about this (laughs) because some (laughs) clients will say that (laughs) and then get the revisions. But like I was saying before, and I am being kind of tough on this, make sure you stick to your contract. So like we're saying, your contracts should say, If I don't get feedback in this amount of time, here's what's going to happen. You got to stick to that. I love you guys. I know how hard it is to do this, but you have to stick to it. And when you are sticking to your contract, 
Also, this next thing is hard to do as well, but you have to stop any work you are doing on the project. So if you're not getting feedback, how do you know what to do going forward? Like if you sent logos and they haven't told you which one they really like, then how can you move forward and finish their, like the rest of their branding or start on their website? You know, you, you don't know. So you just have to stop any work that you have done on the project and move on to something else. Use that extra time to work on something for your own business or, you know, scream into a pillow because you're really frustrated <laughs> if you have to. And then hopefully they'll get back to you and you guys can go on about your merry little project and it get better from there. <laughs> so, Krista, I know the feedback you get for your projects is probably pretty different than what us as designers are asking for but I'm curious you know how making sure that you're getting that feedback on time has helped your projects and maybe just even your sanity (laughs) both things yes (laughs) first of all I've been able to I can offer faster turnaround time if I know I can get feedback on both rounds of revisions um two days each I only have to I only schedule a week for the total project for revisions. The first three weeks are me going to town on development. The last week are all revisions. That's perfect. I don't have to worry about projects crossing over with each other and stuff like that. On a similar note, I don't get stuck rushing through multiple projects at the same time because feedback was late on the first one. So I have projects right up against each other. Right when revisions end on one and I'm done, my next project starts. So when I used to have my feedback run late, I'd be trying to fix up revisions for one project while getting a good start on the other one. And for me, just the way I work best, that was really, really overwhelming. So not having to worry about that anymore has been amazing for my sanity, like you said. Yeah, definitely. When you are getting feedback and you know how you can keep going throughout the project, it definitely just makes them go so much more smoothly. And like you're saying, it's easier to, you know, stick to your schedule and be able to keep moving along, you know, as best as possible. So that is so much that we talked about, Krista. Holy moly. <laughs> okay, guys, quick recap, because that was a lot. This is our longest episode so far, but I think yep. it was a good one. Basically, we just want you to set the right expectations with your clients. So in your contract, in all of your onboarding material, whatever that looks like for you, make sure it is literally impossible for them to miss this these kinds of expectations, whether it is providing content or feedback about your designs. So that's kind of really the overall idea of this. We have a couple action items for you. We're not gonna like totally overwhelm you with a ton of these. But step one, just revisit your onboarding process in general and make sure your contracts and welcome packets are solid to protect both you and your clients. It, It really does help everybody to be on the ball with these things. And then also set up a way or find a system that will work for you to send your clients reminders because we know how this works, but they don't necessarily. So you have to be able to help them too. Yep. And don't wait until this happens to start changing your contracts or finding some kind of project management system that will send reminders for the due dates. Don't wait until you are like crying to your spouse or your best friend about this happening to you, go on ahead and start doing it right now because you will save yourself a lot of stress in the long run. 
Thank you so much for listening. For show notes, past episodes, and more information about the two of us, visit us online at getbacktodesign.co. If you enjoyed today's show, it would mean the world to Krista and I if you take two minutes to head on over to iTunes and leave a review. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes are available. Now put what you learned into action so you can streamline and grow your business, ditch the code, and get back to design.